If you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or are looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Labs branding team. In the following episode of The Transition, I'm joined by my good friend and Army veteran, Mike Nemeth, founder of Emblem Athletic, an apparel company that provides custom athletic apparel to athletes, teams, and organizations. I first met Mike back in 2018 after he reached out to me on LinkedIn wanting to provide free apparel to my organization, Ironbound Boxing. Since then, we've remained great friends, and I've had a chance to witness Mike scale his company from a handful of employees to almost 30-plus and one of Inc. 500's fastest-growing companies. On the outside looking in, Emblem Athletic was killing it, but behind the scenes, it was far from sunshine and rainbows. Every day, up until he sold the company earlier this year, it was a struggle, which Mike opens up about on today's show. He gets real about his journey scaling Emblem, including the mental and physical toll it took on him and his family, how he managed to introduce a new line of business during the pandemic, and why he had to let go of his initial dreams and aspirations for the company before he decided to sell it. This is a jam-packed episode full of nuggets from one founder to another, so make sure you're tuned in. Before you hear from Mike and I, be sure to subscribe to the Transition Newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. I'd also like to encourage you to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step Into Greatness, available on Amazon at the link in the show notes. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Mike, my brother from another mother, Indeed. welcome to The Transition. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. We've been talking about doing this for a, for a long time. So I'm excited we have, to finally be here. For those that don't know, Mike is the, how do I say this? Uh, Mike is a friend of mine. Um, he's also the reason behind the Ironbound Apparel, the legendary Ironbound boxing hoodie. He's also the reason I joined the Lions Pride. Uh, so we've been on a parallel entrepreneurial Indeed. journey, although you jumped out ahead of me for quite a bit. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is that like things aren't all sunshine and rainbows, you know, everybody assumes, oh my God, you're killing it. You're killing it. But me and you jump on the phone call. We're like, Hey man, how's it going? Like I'm getting punched in the face. I'm like, oh man, me too. But I will tell you all this, right. And I'm gonna give Mike his flowers. When the pandemic hit in March of 2020, the day they canceled the NBA, I was down on the canvas. I was out. It was a wrap. <laughs> like I'm, woe is me. Everything yeah. I've spent the last few years building up has vanished overnight you and i didn't feel place. like i had the i didn't have a piss and vinegar to keep pushing i just thought it was in i was like depressed mike called me I was like hey man how you doing i was like not good at all he's like i know that's why i'm calling he's like come on man you gotta get back up you gotta get in the fight and that conversation is why i started calling myself iron mike it was literally nothing other than to like pump myself up and after that people start calling me it but literally that phone call Help get help nudge me in the right direction. I launched Ironbound Media. You know, we end up launching Thrive for Ironbound Boxing, and you kept us in the fight, man. And that happened because of friends like Mike Nemeth, man. So Dude, I still have to say, man, it's an honor to have you on the platform. Thank, thank you for sharing that. And and I, you know, candidly am really grateful that that uh, I just kind of called you on a whim, and, and that's the same same sense of how we initially connected. I, I called you on a whim and just said, oh, this this dude looks crazy like me, and. Let's go. <laughs> Let's connect and see what's happening. And I, I vividly remember that conversation with you at the peak of COVID uncertainty and everything else. And I, I called you in a similar state two and a half years later. I'm like, man, I don't know, you know, what's going on. And you, and you gave me, you gave me the same pep talk, right? So it, you know, it, in many respects, it's a great story of, you know, it goes goes both ways. And, uh, you know, the, the, those little, little things like those phone calls to friends who are in it can mean everything, uh, versus, 
learning some new strategy or skill or whatever. It's it's just the personal element of of reaching out to people and checking on them and 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 giving them the motivation to to keep it keep on going. White so, white, white knuckling it through. So Mike, you are the founder of Emblem Athletic. You've been in the veteran entrepreneurial ecosystem for a minute, even before me. But there's a lot of these listeners today that aren't familiar with you. So I would love for you to, you know, formally introduce yourself and bring everyone up to speed on your entrepreneurial journey thus far. Sure, man. I'll, I'll give you this as succinct of a, of a summary as I can, considering, like you said, I've been in it for a minute and it's complicated. So a uh, West Point guy uh, from, from now back in the day. So you know, it was there early 2000s and commission, but didn't really do anything. I, I call myself a highly undecorated veteran. Uh, I was medically separated as a second lieutenant and, and man, I just got thrown into the fire. Uh, I, had, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had all my classmates saying, oh, it's so lucky that you got out. And I'm just like wandering aimlessly <laughs> thinking like, is, yeah, is it? Yeah, the golden handcuff. The yeah. golden handshake is what we call uh, it. So I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and coincidentally, they, they had told me like, don't, ever own your own business, please just go get a regular safe job. Uh, so I, I did that at first. I, I went and worked at Sikorsky Aircraft and I don't know, just I was really bored. It wasn't a fit for me. And my wife and I moved back to Ohio. And now this is sort of like, you know, 2010. And I, I, I didn't even know what a startup was, uh, but I knew I wanted to kind of really jump into to the world where you got to do a lot, right? Like. I don't want to just do one thing over and over again. I want to I want to have a varied, unique, good stories and really just jump in and solve problems. So I, I worked at a defense startup for about five years, and I, I love seeing some of the new defense startups that are that are happening now. And this was this was ten years ago when defense startups were were a dirty word. You know, a lot of people weren't in the defense space in the startup startup land because uh, it's tough. Government's a tough customer to have, and uh, we grew that business. Uh, and sold it. And it was a messy, messy transaction. And that was my first experience of people from the outside being like, oh, dude, your startup sold. Congratulations. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I didn't see anything. Yeah. Didn't see any of it. yeah. And, uh, and in fact, I got fired uh, afterwards. New owners came in, sucked up all the knowledge from, from the team, and then they fired us all. So uh, that was tough. So I, I, my entrepreneur journey realistically started when I was unemployed midway in my life. You know, I had two kids at home. Uh, you know, everyone thought I was doing well and I was, I was broke. I mean, like, like done <laughs> and legit broke, legit, like broke, 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 broke. Yeah. And, and you know, they're the same kind of thing of like, there's never a good time to have kids or there's never a good time to do anything like so my jump into entrepreneurship was not the like, oh, I'm going to save up the perfect amount of money on the side and then jump. In. I just did it. And I did a couple, I did a couple different businesses, uh, one in apparel, another one in aerospace. Uh, they just didn't work. Uh, and then I was even more broke. I was negative broke. I, I had racked up more debt uh, trying to get those you know, launched off the ground. So Emblem was sort of my last like, okay. I've learned a little bit from these other things that didn't work. I'm going to, I'm going to go after this, you know, idea of you know, custom e-commerce storefronts, which again, shows you how quick you know, things change. This was 2017. This was five ish, you know, some years ago now. And, um, e-commerce still wasn't as widely accepted then as it, as it is now. So <sighs> hustled, right. I think that's around the time when you and I connected is, uh, you know, starting Emblem off, you know, with with some friends and family, you know, a couple of small checks. Uh, you know, we we did go out and raise some money. We had some early early revenue. We had all the all the markers to to kind of jump right in. And we've been going at it for about two and a half years uh, when when COVID hit. So I'll I'll, I'll pause there uh, and kind of again recap that. You know, I'm not I'm not an apparel guy. I'm not an e-commerce guy. I, I was a, I was a lost. Uh, <laughs> lost second lieutenant, you know, stumbling around the streets of New York City, just trying to figure out what he wanted to do, and then all of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm looking to plan my 20 year West Point reunion, right? So time, time, time goes by quickly, and 
I'd like to say already, I've kind of done a lot of different things from the corporate world, from the startup world, uh, failed startups, successful startups. And so I'm really happy to share some, some real, real perspective uh, with anybody listening on, on the ups and downs of this whole thing. Yeah, so I'll bring people up to speed. Around that time, I had just left my job. Uh, I don't know if it was just before or right after, like 2018, when I left my job at St. Benedict's to focus on Ironbound full-time. And Mike hit me up via LinkedIn because I was posting a lot of content about Ironbound. He was like, hey, man, I want to send you some gear. And so we connected. Then we just started talking entrepreneurship. And then Mike was like, yo, when your gear arrives, I want you to call me. And I got the box. I get up to my apartment. I open it up. I was like, dude, this is the sickest gear I have ever seen. And literally from 2018 <laughs> till even now, right? Everybody look, sees me in that yeah, Ironbound boxing yeah, hoodie. Yeah. Like nine times out of 10, like if I ever go on television or anything, right? I'm rocking the hell out of that Ironbound boxing hoodie. And I always reference uh, Emblem Athletic. Now, here's where I think it's going to get interesting for our listeners, right? I have all our guests take off our armor, take off their armor mm-hmm. and share with us, you know, some vulnerability about like, you know, what was it like during that time? And so everybody's like, Mike's killing it. Emblems everywhere. But you and behind, you and I behind the scenes are like, man, team struggle bus. So, you know, struggle, it's not an easy and apparel is so hard. Oh, oh my God. There's certain markets people go after. And I'm like, what are y'all thinking? Like well, opening a restaurant was, or CPG or apparel. But yet you did it, man. And uh, talk to us about that, that journey. Sure. It's all hard. And... I don't, I don't care what it is, right? Physical product side, you know, I got friends on the like software business like, oh, it's so great that you've got a physical product that must make it so much easier. I'm like, I hate it. I'm never going to do physical products again because it's just a nightmare of shipping and merchandise supplier mess. I can't wait to get into a software business, right? Like it, the grass is always greener uh, for every entrepreneur. But yeah, man, at the time, uh, you know, from the... From the whole, you know, for, from for any for any entrepreneur, it's you know, it's a it's a mind game you got to play with yourself because you can focus on the negatives. I mean, nothing nothing's ever going right, and you can tell yourself that's great. That means I'm pushing hard, and it means I'm going fast. But it's still a lot of a lot of things to solve and a lot of problems to fix. And one of the you know one of the phrases I absolutely detest is, "Oh, those are good problems to have. Uh, they're terrible problems to have." When when you know we got we got we were the, uh, we were like 300 something on the Inc. 5000 list. We had a, we had a 1400% growth rate. Like I, I actually, uh, for, for once entrepreneur, I, I hit my projections. <laughs> I said, I said, I'm going to have 10 X growth in the first three years of this company. And then we did, which was terrible because I did not have a supply chain that could, could handle it. So you know, to be, to be vulnerable, I, I love hearing that from customers about like, man, this stuff is the best. Like, how can a, how can a, how can a simple black hoodie that says Ironbound be so amazing? But it is we really, we really pulled out all stops to make kick-ass, amazing products. And that's what almost killed me because that's not the easy way to do it. If I wanted to make average stuff, we wouldn't have had nearly as hard of a time during COVID because I could have just used any supplier. But we had such a we had such really high standards and high quality products, we couldn't find anybody to make our stuff. And so at the peak of like, oh man, Mike's on the Inc. Five Thousand list. Like, look at him. I cu- I couldn't fulfill product. <laughs> I just I just had like a a snowball happening of of angry angry sports teams and angry parents and angry military customers. Um, that really, really, um, really hurt. Like, like I, I, I did not hurt. Like, I did not know how to solve this problem, and that was a, that was a really tough thing to to work through. And at the time, you don't know how to, you don't know how to solve it. You don't know how to put, you know, your, your, uh, you know, your face on to your team to say like, hey, we're going to figure this out. Uh, you don't know how to say it to customers. Uh, it's a, it's a really uh, at the time, I felt unique experience, and then the more I talked to other entrepreneurs, you realize, oh yeah, like I was always, I always felt like I was a you know two inches from <laughs> from from total total collapse. 
at times when on the outside, it looked like everything was going great. How were you balancing that mentally, right? Like I'm thinking to myself, right? Like for me as an entrepreneur, whenever there were delays with the stuff, I'm like, I don't care. It's fucking Mike. You know, once I saw how sick your gear was, I was like, we're waiting. Yeah. I don't care. Right. I'm waiting for I'm only going with emblem. But like you've got people that are close to you. Right. You're in military. You're serving military yeah. people. Right. I remember you used to send me the nasty grams you used to get. <laughs> right. And you still got to show up to work. Oh, you know, you still got to show up. to You got you to show up at home for your family, you know, and, and keep a smile on. So how are you able to just stay mentally strong? And this is before COVID. Yeah, I mean, this was this was nothing new. I mean, we we were already we were already doing something hard, and then COVID just made it even worse. Uh, how did I get through it? So, you know, physical exercise, like like, and it, it, I'm not talking like going crazy, but I literally would be out walking just just to just to be moving and just to walk. And not be staring at my phone. I took I took all social media apps off my phone because I was just getting bombarded <laughs> with 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 angry customers that I was you know unable to answer at the time. And it, you know it was it wasn't. I think the hardest thing was realizing I need to stay focused on working toward the the resolution to this. Right, I need to be out there meeting with suppliers trying to fix this problem. And that was a hard thing to delegate what I wanted to do. But I, of course, I want to talk to everybody. Who's, like, I, I don't, I didn't mind getting yelled at by customers when we deserve it, right? Like, I'll hop on the phone and, and take it and acknowledge like, yeah, we sucked. Like, we didn't do it. But that's, that's time not spent solving the problem. So uh, I, I had to deal with that. That was very difficult. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, though, it, it helped me reassure, helped me feel better, you know, as we worked towards resolving the problems to then get, you know, focus on the positives. Customers would be like, dude, I had to wait eight months for that hoodie, but it was worth it. And I'm like, thank you. Right. Like that's, that's what we're, that's what we're going for. So I focused on the positives. I stayed physical, you know, like just, just kept moving, you know, just kind of stayed, stayed active. Uh, and then I, I compartmentalized pretty hard. Like I really did not try to do as much work at home as I had previously been doing and, and really to just turn it off, uh, just to spend time. We had, we had twins at, at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was also a pretty wild time at home, uh, you know, going from two kids to four kids. And so it was, it was just a all around, uh, adventure, no matter where I was, it was never, I was never for lack of things to do, uh, during, during the last couple of years. So, I went to a coffee shop today here locally, just up the street, and I used to go all the time before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit, and it's changed my habits, right? And it was crazy because I'm in there, and I'm like, man, it's been like, you know, when did it hit? 2020. But I've been going to that coffee shop yeah. since like 2018. So I've been there like five yeah. years. No, it's but three. you feel this giant yeah. gap of like, man, yeah. we've been through some shit. Yeah. You know, like we've all been through some stuff. Um, and I think about you, right? Like the pandemic, right? It's already hard, right? <laughs> Thin margins. You know, got a customer backlog, and then all of a sudden, freaking China shuts down, right? Nothing getting in, Dem nothing getting out. Demand and supply shut down for us. The demand and supply shut you know, down. What, what the whole teams, world shifting. Yeah. Like, sports nobody knows what the heck is going on. And the reason I, I set, set the reference with, like, the coffee shop and everything of, like, you know, people are going through some stuff now with the recession, people not spending as much money. But, like, and it's challenging. It is. But like sometimes we can lose perspective of like how hard was it in March, right? But you persevered and you did some things and you grew your company and you took some losses. But talk to us about, you know, what it was like heading into the pandemic and then how you were able to pivot and introduce a new business line yeah. that was able to keep you guys afloat. Keep us, keep us going. Uh, I actually I haven't I haven't shared this even yet with with some of our stakeholders and investors, but I wrote, I wrote a failure letter. Like I pre, like when I started emblem, I pre-wrote the, we didn't make it letter, right? Like, like Eisenhower wrote the like D-Day failed and it's, it's on me letter before launching D-Day. Not that, not that I viewed emblem as like invading Northern Europe, but I, I did, I did appreciate sort of that 
foresight of, hey, if this doesn't work, I want to write something not while I'm in that headspace of like in the middle of a failure. So I wrote this letter out before I started Emblem saying like, hey, I did my best. I tried everything I could. And I looked at it quite a bit. And, and it, you know, it, at some times when, you know, I, I could only laugh at the nonsense of like, like, I built a model based on air cargo coming from China. Who would have ever thought that there would literally be no flights <laughs> from, from China? Like that was not on my risk assessment of, you know, global shutdown. So, uh, I, I just... I didn't see that though as any excuse, right? I looked at the letter and it's like, sure, did I try everything I could? No, I can, I can still keep trying. So I, I use that letter as sort of a check on like, would I be, would I be comfortable looking somebody in the eye and saying, Hey, I did everything I could. And so even though it was ridiculously painful, and even though there were so many times where it just felt like, Everything was going wrong. You had the classic like internal disputes among you know founders, and you had supplier issues and banking issues and legal issues and every every you know bit of fun that you can have with a startup. Um, there was still no reason for me to give up, so I just kept kept showing up. Um, and when you show up, you know, you stay in the game. You start to see opportunities, and we jumped we jumped on the mask uh, craziness real quick. I mean, I'm, I, I was, I was slinging masks. I think in March, uh, we had a small little, we had a small little shop and we, we went from virtual to in-person during COVID. Like we, we couldn't, we couldn't import fabric or product from overseas. So I was like buying fabric from Mexico and <laughs> sneaking into Mexico to find suppliers. Uh, it was, it was wild. Um, but it worked. It was driving revenue. We grew. Uh, we continued to grow during during the pandemic, and and just just kind of kept kept barreling forward. Uh, it didn't solve any of our problems long term, though. We still had the same supply chain issues, but we just we just didn't give up. Uh, so, you know, I think that's a it's a good piece for anybody who's 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 on the edge right now or thinking about getting in to like set set those criteria for like how far do you want to take it. Um, I probably took it too far. It would have been much easier <laughs> on myself if I had if I'd shut it down or sold it earlier or whatever. But uh, that's not what I did. Can't can't have any regrets. So you know, set the criteria though to say like this is how far I want to take it. This is this is this is the letter that I would say. I've talked to another friend who who they had a dollar amount. They said it'll cost us this much money to professionally unwind the company. This is this is what it'd be. So if our bank account balance ever gets below this amount, we're going to call it so that we can professionally wind things down. Um, and I, I will, I will definitely do that again. <laughs> that's a, that's a much better way to approach things. So take us back to that decision point where you launched, um, was it emblem mask? What was it called? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, shield. I did shield. I, yeah. 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 Emblem Shield, right? So yeah. they're these sick, you know, mask, right? Um, kind of like the bacalavas that we used yeah, to wear yeah, yeah. in the military. Um, and y'all were going gangbusters on it. Uh, dude. All right. Gang now, what I what I ask people, what I tell people, especially early stage founders, is every new product line, every new product you launch outside of your core model requires its own logistics, requires its own processes, all this other stuff, right? But like it's all it's easy to do, you know, hindsight 2020, but you were in the moment, right? Yeah. But I have to ask, like, were you thinking like, okay, what if this pandemic doesn't last? You know, and how long can we do this model? Right. So yeah, we're gonna earn income in the short term, we're gonna earn revenue in the short term. We mm -hmm. gotta grow our team in order to fill it. But once that demand stops, it's like going off a cliff. Yeah. So two twofold. Um I, I did not think that this was going to last, like, or that the that, that the supply chain impacts were going to last. Uh, that just seemed too crazy to me that, that China, you know, fabric apparel and all that stuff wouldn't just bounce right back. So uh, initially, this was just uh, it was almost like, why not? Right, like everything was so just 
silent, uh, and everything was so dark and depressing. Uh, I mean, I made some, I did some ridiculous, like at the at a period of time when everybody was like, "Woe is me." Uh, I couldn't even hire photo models to to model it, so I I jokingly like did my own photo shoot with it, like with me, which I'm not the model, but I said, "Well, I don't have to show my face." It's the perfect, <laughs> it's the perfect modeling gig for me. Uh, we made fake, like dubbed over marketing videos, and we were just we were just having fun. Like literally, that's that's all we were just having fun. And if it sticks, it sticks, and then just you know, sales, sales were through the roof. And I was like, oh my God, I got to figure out how to typical, like I got to figure out how to fulfill all this, all this, all these orders. But that's, you know, that's, that's what comes with the territory. I wouldn't have known if it would have, I wouldn't have known if it would work that well if I hadn't tried. So it was a, it was a couple months where we started to realize like, Hey, this is not going away. And we now need to figure out how to, how to deliver both of these products at the same time. And it was a, the terrible additional level of complexity that, like you said, like you don't you don't begin to appreciate how much trouble it can be to add in a whole another business unit. So it kind of goes back to the you know typical focus, 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 and then focus. Um, you know, it was great to fill in. I should have stopped it sooner and and really gotten back to the core, or spun it out completely and had it be its own thing, but. One one way or the other, uh, it was it was a catalyst to to get us through that time, and then of course you know it turned out to be a a burden because we'd had we'd staffed up and we had you know legacy resources committed to it, but then we had to pivot back to our old business model. So it's it's no different than so many other businesses on a much bigger scale, um, you know, that had to cut back on staff because pandemic didn't last. You know, Peloton and some others are great examples of you got to strike while while it's there but it sucks when it bounces back down and there's nothing you can do about it i jumped on a zoom call with mike he invited me to one of his his meetings right so i jump <laughs> on because we were chopping it up he wanted to introduce me to his team and i jumped on there it looked like it was like 30 people on that call it, it was like a zoom call it, it was it was we were, and all i saw was payroll that's you right. know Oof. and it's funny because you know before we started this entrepreneurial journey mike everyone loves the vanity metric how big is your company? How big is your team? Da, 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 da. But man, actually talking to real entrepreneurs, that stuff is stressful. Yes. You know, having to make a certain number. I mean, like 10,000, like I got a small it's, team, but I couldn't imagine having 20, like 70,000 going it out each is, month. It is. So we're, we're, we're going to fast forward uh, a little bit. I, I no longer look at calendars and and autumn and only see when the next payroll draws are going to be because that's 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 how it was for a long time of like how are we going to make payroll uh you know what 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 ridiculous juggle nonsense you know are we going to do to be able to make payroll it's i call it mic math like you're just constantly like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna juggle this here and get this there and and you know me and the and the other guy aren't going to take pay you know this this round We'll catch it up later, and it just—it's stressful. It's super stressful. So I, I, I have again the utmost respect for anybody who's doing the hard work of employing other people. Uh, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's great to see you know them accomplish life things. You know, buy buy their first car, buy their first home, and they're using a pay stub from your company to. You know, tell the bank that you know, hey, this is, this is where I work, and it's it's a cool feeling, but it's also really scary because you're like, man, I can't, I can't let this person down, and and it sometimes it's outside of your control. Uh, you know, if the company can't can't sustain its growth, or if the company has to cut back, uh, and so then it becomes really, really heavy burden. So uh, it it will be a while until I do something again that has. <laughs> payroll because that's the part i don't miss at all that was so stressful and it's got to be crazy this paying that much money out in payroll and barely paying yourself oh well, you every, family's every, looking at you like mike yeah, what are you doing yeah, like why yeah. are we yeah. <laughs> you know, i'm saying like, we're yeah, shopping hey, a dollar general you're over here paying out seventy thousand dollars in payroll uh shopping at dollar general it's it was usually like hey let's just let's not do groceries <laughs> this week yeah um, I mean, yeah, it, it, 
it's terrible. Uh, it's a terrible, it's a terrible spot to be in sometimes. And that's, 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 but then again, that, like I said, we find out that so many people have also gone through the same thing and it's, it's hard to be transparent about it in the moment. You know, again, you're barely making payroll and your team is like, Ooh, we're on the 5,000 list. And you're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's a dirty little secret of entrepreneurship? You know, because on one end, we've got the the startups, right? They're putting the startup founders on a pedestal, right? We're telling how amazing entrepreneurship is. But when you talk to business owners, small business owners, that missing payroll and having to, you know, go into your personal savings to cover it, that's not like, that's like a recurring theme I've heard over and over and over again. You know, and Bill set me down because at one point, you know, I launched Ironbound Me that had good cash in the bank. And I was like, Bill, what should I do with this? And he's like, Mike, you don't want to ever be in a position where you miss payroll. He's like, everyone around this table has done it. And they tell you yeah, it, sucks. it sucks. And so like, I'm always talking to my team too about like, look, not only do we have to compensate you all, but we also got to keep healthy cash in the bank for when rough times come, tough times come, because they're going to come and it gives you flexibility. But man, I can't imagine people on thin margins, restaurants and everything. I mean, damn, anything could just put people out of business. So when we start talking about the cost of doing business, the reality of entrepreneurship, those of you that are small business owners and hell, startup founders too. Why do you think they're raising capital? Because they need to make payroll, right? It's so easy to run out of money. And it's one of them things like, yeah, you can go to business school and read about, but like, I don't think you really understand cash flow till you're in it. It's got it's like one of them things you gotta experience. I I got a C in accounting. And I I always uh always laugh with my accountant about that because she's like, you're this is not your skill set, is it? I'm like, it, it is not. Right? And I used to joke uh, that, that it was, I had one principle, Droom, don't run out of money. Right? Like, like as long as we can, as long as we can keep meeting payroll, keep covering suppliers, and it didn't matter. We still, we just, we just like every other, like, like so many businesses, it was, a, it was a real challenge. And it takes, a, it takes an incredible toll. Uh, on every entrepreneur. So I think you'd ask the question like, is it a dirty little secret? I hope it's, I hope it's less of a dirty little secret, right? And I don't say this to, to dissuade anybody from jumping in, right? And I think it just, it's going to be more of a, like, it will happen, right? It's like, don't be so surprised or don't beat yourself up so hard and say like, oh, I'm a freaking failure because I, I couldn't make payroll. Like you just have to acknowledge that that's, part of the game sometimes. Um, and so I think people are being a little bit more open about it. I, it's, that's why I wanted to hop in with you, right? Like, I'm just, I'm here to share the, the story and say like, hey, from the outside, uh, you, know, you may say, oh, that's awesome. But you know, the experience of going through it is, is rough and it's tough. So a big thanks to everybody that, that supports you all along the way and just takes a phone call. You know, like you said, like that's, that's what matters most. So if you're if you're struggling with meeting payroll, don't feel like you screwed up. Like it's just kind of comes with the territory. And talk to any entrepreneur, and any one of them that tells you it's easy is is lying, <laughs> or or they haven't really done nearly as much as they say they've they've done. Entrepreneurship is really one of those choose your own adventures. I mean, I'm I mean I'm a testament to it. Right, three years ago, four years ago, I was teaching boxing classes. You know, now I'm building brands and launching podcasts, right? That was a deliberate choice. But all of us as entrepreneurs make that decision of we're going to scale up or do we have to scale up, right? You've done it. You've experienced, right? You've brought on all this team, all this payroll. And I try to tell people the grass isn't always greener. <laughs> it's just brown, right? So it's like, brown. you know, you take Iron by Media, for example. I was editing all the audio. I was uploading all the stuff. I was doing that. But I managed to scale my team up, not have other people do that. But then there's those of us that are like, no, I'm going for it. Like you said, Inc. 5000, whatever. It comes at a cost. And that's all I'm trying to get people to understand of like, you're trading off current problems for new problems, right? Payroll might not be a thing for you and your little VA right now. But man, you start bringing on people and like you start bringing on these like VPs and all kind of stuff. Those six figure salaries. Oh, my God. You know, and for small business owners, like everything needs to be tied to revenue, yeah. right? Like we need revenue, man. Can't Cash. just be out here Cash. hanging out at the water cooler. I'd be cranking a whip, Mike. I'd be, what are y'all doing? Cash is king. So, so growth, 
yeah, growth is a choice. And, and I think I, I'll go back to, you know, some similar themes that I, I bring up in sort of one-on-one conversation with people. What are, you, what are you trying to get out of this? Right. Because there's, there's no, there's no shame in building a great, healthy lifestyle business, you know, that, that has one or two employees and, I'm, I'm envious of some of those businesses. They they, 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 just, they take just as much time, uh, and they can kind of fly under the radar, and that's that's a fantastic thing to accomplish. Uh, the growth side is is a whole different you know experience and, and a whole different level, a whole different level, but um, you know different risk, different reward, uh, and be be mindful that you can you can either optimize for growth or optimize for EBITDA, and if you want to, if you want to grow, better be prepared to 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 really hate your numbers and, and and take some risks. And I tried to do that in the midst of you know in the midst of COVID, which is not the to turn out to be the best best possible time to do it. So, you know, having that set up from the start though is is something I think you, what you don't want to do is try to grow a business that doesn't need growth. Yeah. I think early on, right, it's yeah. a punch in the face, right? You're like, oh, I got this great idea. And you're yeah. telling people you're an entrepreneur, and they're like, that's a nice little lifestyle business. You're like, lifestyle business? I work on this sucker 80 yeah. hours a week. What are you talking about? I'm like out of shape. I'm living in risk. Lifestyle business, you know? But then you become a little bit more seasoned, and like, I don't even care about stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Because most of the people who say that stuff, they either you, never been an entrepreneur, right? Or they're Money. living vicariously through other entrepreneurs. You know, you know, your anybody little, your little business school classmates, anybody who's yeah. talking trash about any business <laughs> that's making yeah. revenue. Uh, you, you get all excited. You tell your buddies they went to business school. You starting a business. They're like, what are your margins? What are you yeah. like? Oh, how about you intro me some yeah. somebody? How about yeah. that? Yeah, no, the the for, for sure. The like, you know, I, I, I had plenty of people be like, what are you doing yeah. with the T-shirt business? I'm, I don't know, man. It's, it's revenue. I got to got to do Three million a year teacher, but right, like it's it's something. <laughs> I, I got a buddy right now that sells porta johns, and he's killing it. Oh yeah, so much so they were able to donate like eighty thousand dollars this year to a nonprofit they care about, yep. selling porta johns. Now that ain't sexy. I got another guy, same thing, except he does dumpsters, right? So when people are in business, man, like it's just different. It's one thing to be on the outside looking in, but man, you got to find market opportunities with strong demand, which brings me up to. Okay, 2022, right? Emblem Shield, demand stops, right? Oh, Customer back orders are starting to catch up. They're like, I've been waiting since before the pandemic. You got LinkedIn videos cranking out on thought leadership. That are getting that are what? getting trashed by, by customers. <laughs> by hey, trolls. Yeah. I mean, I know trolls. They're, they're, yeah. They're, that's the thing. Like, yeah. They weren't trolls. They were pissed off customers as they, as they should have been. So what they happens are, here? They stayed in it. I it, truly like, you know, the, the notion of, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to put my head down and we are not going to give up. We're, we're, there is, there is no substitute for victory, right? Like I, I will just keep going and keep grinding out. And we went through some very deliberate, you know, like very structured, you know, you talk, you, you've talked about, you know, Bill and Lions pride and some, you know, coaching stuff like that. I used to think coaching was complete BS. Uh, I used to roll my eyes at, at, at all that stuff. Uh, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like anything else. You just need out, you need some outside perspective and you need the objectivity to say, what really is the problem here? So to really, to really get into the weeds with Emblem, we, we had a great system. We had a great brand. We had a great team. We just didn't have good suppliers <laughs> and that, and that's, uh, whether I liked it or not, a pretty key part to to making a, a physical product. So we looked at our options. Do we make our own factory? That sounds like a terrible idea. I have no interest in that. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not me. Or do we sell to a strategic? Right? Do we sell to a financial buyer? Do we sell to a strategic buyer? Uh, so we found we found a, a a manufacturer that aligned with our vision for where we wanted to take the business, where we wanted to treat customers. Uh, and that was not an easy overnight process. And I think that's the hardest part is like finding the right strategy and then sticking to it 
even when it's taking longer than we want to, because then it then it starts to get into some real like come to Jesus moments of like, did I make a mistake? <laughs> Is this not the right idea? Like maybe I maybe maybe I should start from scratch. And it's like, well, then you just lose all the momentum you had pushing through all that strategy. So it, it takes time, and then and then uh, eventually we we found that right supplier. Uh, Third time's a charm. We were we were at the finish line with a couple different suppliers many times, and I was all ready to send out the hooray success note, and then it would fall. Um, and that those those would be really devastating moments. Uh, some of those really took a time, took a lot of time to recover from. So, you know, after a couple of misses, we just we just continued to double down on the idea that this business needs its own in-house supplier. Uh, and I found that supplier with with the last few dollars I had to my name. I flew out to to see him in person to make sure this was where we wanted to land. And uh, it's been it's been on the right track ever since. Uh, you know, again, in hindsight, it, it was a terrible experience. But now I'm like, oh yeah, you know, these guys are great. And they're taking care of customers. And so uh, it's it's a tough tough journey to find exits uh that aren't your typical you know what what people think of typically in, in nonsense you know like ipo or, or whatever else it's like man some of these some of these transactions are are messy and complicated but worthwhile for everybody involved so you know it's be prepared for the messiness of it i think is the is the key takeaway on that like stick to it find a good partner and then you know be, be prepared to, to be creative how did you deal with loss of the dream a bit? So, yeah. You know, we all start out yeah. with these journeys. We had this massive vision for ourselves. Oh, man. Like, I'm going to be this world-class coach. I'm flying off. I'm giving seminars, whatever. I'm building badass brands. I'm writing I'm gonna books. Have this, I'm going to have this big exit. Yeah. I'm going to have then this you, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize it's untenable. Yeah. And this is the reality of the situation. How did yeah. you deal with that? Um, this would be a little, little hokey. Uh, but it's important to me. Like I, I, I spent, I spent that time thinking about like, man, what, what's, what's important to me, right? Like what, what are, what are the, you know, what are the life values? What are the things that like matter to me the most and humor and entertainment and making people smile. Like it, it, it rose to the, to the top of the list every time for me. And I really cared about, I cared about the experience that you had, right? Like, man, this stuff is amazing. Like we used to measure smiles delivered. And so that carried me through like finding a different type of outcome than I expected, right? Like everyone would love to sell their bit, like maybe Nike will buy us one day uh, or maybe not. <laughs> and, and, right. and, you know, if Nike had bought us and then did nothing with it, Right, like if they squished, squashed it, which happens a lot. Right, I was part of us all the part, time. Part of us transaction just like that. Um, that would have been sad compared to the outcome that I got, which is it. It lives on. It's continuing to its purpose of like delivering smiles. And so, yeah, there there was definitely some some expectation expectation adjustments that you got to be prepared for. And I don't I don't regret having super huge ambitions uh one thing i i point out though is especially for some early stage entrepreneurs like think think through the soft landings nobody likes to talk about it you know nobody no everyone wants to go for the big you know home run exits but you know it doesn't have to be a home run it can be a single or it can be a double and you can you can you can call it a win call it a hit and that's that's an awesome outcome so readjusting that that level of expectation uh, takes time it takes talking to other founders takes some therapy uh every every founder should should be, should be in therapy uh so that's that's how i shifted from the like we're going to take over the world you know grandiosity that every founder like feels into facing the reality of like this this is better served to be a, a strategic sale than a manufacturer and let's just get that done so I have a theory, Mike. I think a couple things, just particularly for veterans, right? We just don't have enough experience, right? 
Like most entrepreneurs, they didn't make it on their first, second, or third venture. Sometimes it's like that fifth, sixth, seventh one, right? But we don't see those bodies buried, right? We only see them where they are now. A lot of times for us as vet entrepreneurs, we're coming out the gate with our first venture or second, throwing up our little logos on LinkedIn and they're, oh man, Mike, you're killing it, baby. You know, people are living vicariously through you. So we have that. And the other thing we don't have experience with is just markets, right? Now you were bullish on apparel, but apparel is so freaking hard. I mean, I, it is hard. I had, I, I, I again, we'll say this, like there's parts of what we did that, you know, from like a, from a complexity of supply chain standpoint, differentiated us, right? Apparel is hard. How do you, how do you stand out? But when I would describe some of the stuff that we were doing to people in the apparel industry, they're like, you're crazy. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. And then it just feeds even more into the culture of like, those guys don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, we're about to disrupt them. Yeah. Yeah. Tur yeah. Turn, turns out they did. <laughs> and, and they, they said those things for the, for the right reasons. So yeah, there's, there's a distinct advantage for veterans who just naively think they can solve any problem and and again it's not to dissuade anybody from going after it but i think again it's the reality check that you need to have of if you've got something off the ground and it's it's creating revenue and it's creating jobs that's a that's amazing i mean that, that's true that's truly something you should be proud of and 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 it's a it's your responsibility to to treat it with the respect to to let it reach its its proper potential right so again i really i really hate seeing when people grow things that were working into the ground um, you know, just for, again for the sake of of growth um yeah i think for for veterans that that once you get into something and you, you learn more of the ins and outs of that industry Take a step back, look at your options, and, and reassess. Right? There's no, there's no shame in reassessing your plan at incremental moments as you're as you're going through. So, that's that's the advantage and disadvantage of you know, you'll, you'll be bold enough to go after something, but just don't be stupid enough to to not learn from what you're seeing right in front of you. You've lived the entrepreneurial journey that many of our listeners are dreaming of, like right now. Like they can, all they they're. They licked their lips. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to get on Eek 5000. I can't wait to scale up my company. I can't wait to do all these things. I mean, at a point, you're on stage with no bull, pitching uh, Under Armour. I mean, y'all yeah. were out there. Yeah. And you've, you've literally gone up and down the roller coaster. Would you do anything different? No. Uh, and that's not um, an answer I came to on the spot. It's an answer I've come to after lots and lots of reflection and thought um, because logically, well, first off, logically, I shouldn't have done any of this to begin with, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like the safe choices are to go, you know, go get a, go get a, a safe job. Um, and I don't regret jumping in and, and being blindly, you know, optimistic uh, to a fault that, you know, we're going to, we're going to crush it because we did 1400% growth rate. Like you said, like I hit, I hit all of these like milestones that I never thought, you know, would happen, you know, five, 10 years ago, like million dollar businesses and, and stuff like that. But it's not all it's cracked up to be. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think this, I don't think the startup roller coaster is just an up and down. I, I think it is a, it is a corkscrew loop. I mean, there are times all when, over the place. You're, there's times when I'm flying in the wrong direction because I'm on the startup roller coaster. I'm like, I'm, is this, am I going to land? <laughs> am I about to fly, right. fly off this roller coaster? Um, but so much, so much, so much growth, so much lessons learned, uh, you know, ways I'm going to approach problems personally, professionally differently going forward. Uh, and again, even, even the perspective back to the sort of the coaching piece of, uh, not only did I look at, I looked at, at all coaches with disdain prior to being an entrepreneur and I, I put them in two categories, like, ah, what the hell? This guy hasn't even done anything. And he says he's a coach. And then I'd put the other guys in the category. Of, if he was such a successful entrepreneur, why isn't he doing it again? Why is he coaching now? 
now I now I know. <laughs> it's so, sometimes you come out of it and you're like, I can't do that again. Right. Like I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take all the entrepreneurial lessons I learned and I'm just going to have a lifestyle coaching business. Like that's that's fine. Good. Good for you. Uh, and I think to the coaches, to the coaches who people criticize and say like, oh, they haven't, you know, they haven't been masters of their domain. So look at any look at any coach in any sport. They are not necessarily the best athlete. They're a coach. Coach's role is 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 something different. It's to provide perspective and guidance and and a, and to be a, a team member, you know, at times to 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 what you're trying to accomplish. So, um, I, I would have, I wish I had done some coaching earlier. That it was just you know again crazy crazy thing to say, but um, you know, I will I will definitely continue believing in having a tribe of people to to help you. Uh, along the way. So I, I definitely didn't do Emblem alone. And I wish I'd had some support with it sooner, but I don't regret all the craziness of jumping into masks or sneaking into Mexico to find a, a supplier that can make our stuff or any of the any of the crazier things that we did. Man, you don't know what you don't know. Mike got me my okay. coach because I was like, Mike, I was like, Mike, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, I li- Mike, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. He's like, I got somebody I think you need to talk to. And he made an email intro. But a lot of this just comes to the cost of doing business. Yep. But, Mike, one thing I'm struggling with now, I'm going to take off my armor. Yep. Not being a pessimist, but, like, I know how hard this game is. So people don't impress me anymore. Right? Like, the stuff that used to impress me five years ago. Doesn't. Now no. I'm just like, come on, man. Let's just. So that's why I like Mike. Because me and Mike have real conversations. Right? It's We know what it is. Right? Like, when you know an entrepreneur, right, you know they're, they're they have some challenges. Right. Yep. And I still like to be optimistic. I still practice gratitude. But I do worry sometimes about people getting pushed into entrepreneurship and they have no idea what's coming. Um, and I just want to be like, look. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I do have some very strong, semi-controversial, I suppose, opinions about that. Um, I, I do think that there's too much glamorization of go do this. And especially for transitioning veterans, like, Oh, just jump, jump right into owning your own franchise or, or whatever. Uh, it, it is, it is not to be underestimated and you really, really have to love what you're doing to get through the tough parts. I mean, I, I, I didn't love apparel. I loved the customer side of like, we're making some cool stuff for cool teams and cool units like that powered me through. I can't imagine suffering through that on a business that I didn't love and care about. And so for somebody who's just looking to like get into entrepreneurship for the sake of getting into entrepreneurship, like, you know, like, Oh, I looked at these top 10 franchises and this one, this one has the best margin. And I'm like, it's that forget it. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think, I think that person needs to, needs to wait until they find something that they really love and, and, and believe in and go get, go get a job in that industry for a while. Learn, learn from the inside, see what's happening. There's no shame, no shame in working in a space to, to see if you like it before you want to jump and take the leap and, and, and go do it. So yeah, I, I don't, I know we're, I know we're trying to promote more entrepreneurship just across the board, but I, I, I hope that it's healthy entrepreneurship. And I think there right. are there are plenty of alternative paths where you can de-risk it a little bit more, keep your day job, you got family to take care of at home, and and slow roll it right. Start it up at night and, and see if it's got legs before you cash everything in yeah. and start something before you know what you really want to do. One thing I miss about life before being an entrepreneur was just the mental freedom. Right, <laughs> I remember being super present when I used to travel. You know, I don't ever remember like having to check my phone and all this other stuff, but it's so hard to be present now. And the other thing I tell people is like, I was never much of a self-help book person kind of guy. All of a sudden you become an entrepreneur. I'm the confident mind. You know what I'm saying? How champions think. Cause you got to pep yourself up, man. It is mentally entrepreneurship may be one of the hardest things I've ever faced. And you're, this is coming from a boxer. It is Here's my here's my tips on that. I, I do I do have some some good tips on that. We spend so much time thinking about marketing to our customers, 
right? Marketing messaging to our customers. I marketed to myself to get to get through, right? Like really like look looking at what we're trying to accomplish, looking at looking at you know positive customer feedback, like re reminding myself that we're doing good just to just to barrel through the the insanity of it. But uh, but yeah, no no joke. I I I was losing my mind trying to keep track of all the different moving pieces in in, in some of the times when, when Emblem was really struggling. And um, you know, I, I I I see some people on the corporate side who are like, oh man, I'm so tired of these Zoom meetings or my boss and I'm gonna I'm gonna go start my own thing and be my own boss. I'm like that that's a terrible reason to go start start your own yeah, business. Good. If yeah, you, go if pay you, yourself six figures right out the gate. You, good luck. Yeah, if you if you don't like your boss and that's why you want to go start a business, save save yourself the trouble and just transfer to another department, get a new job, right? Like you you are you are again servant leadership kind of principle. Like you're everybody is your boss, right? Like you're 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 now you know, your customers are your are the boss. The employees are the boss. Like you've got a ton of people that you become accountable for when you become an entrepreneur. So don't think that it's not going to be a, a pretty challenging endeavor uh, compared to whatever you're doing at the moment. So having lived this whole entrepreneurial life multiple times at this point, as you look <laughs> yes, towards that I, north my, star, my my nine lives of <laughs> yeah, of as you. As you look towards that North Star in the sky, that BHAG, yeah. what are you working towards now? Uh, my, my BHAG continues. So delivering smiles. And, and that's, I go back to like really some personal, where I grew up and, and how I grew up. Uh, you know, my, my family owned a bar and I, I remember hanging out up at the bar and observing rather, there's a, there's a lot of, Lot of shit that people go through you know like life sucks you know there's just there's whether you're whether you're an entrepreneur whether you're just a corporate nine to five or public servant i mean man, just life life is unrelenting and so any chance to, to smile spend time with your friends have fun laugh at a joke are really meaningful moments and i i want to continue to create those moments for people so you know returning back for me i i've done a ton of ton of comedy stuff and funny books and funny projects and that kind of stuff really matters to me and it, it, it means a lot to me so i'm going to return to that world a little bit more spend more of my free time um, in that space i got some fun projects lined up ready to ready to get back out there and that's that's satisfying for me uh so i've i've, I've got a b-hag of a, of a million smiles like somehow impacting and creating a million smiles i don't I got to adjust how to measure it because when I started actually doing the math on it, I'm like, I think I already, I think I already got there. <laughs> like I need to, I need to revise, right. revise that goal and, and bump it up a bit. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and, and I think I can accomplish that without as much stress the next subsequent times around, uh, you know, with whatever entrepreneurial uh, projects I pursue. So as we wrap up here, man, you're giving us so much time. I love that BHAG. I'm one of the smiles. I always smile when Mike Nemeth calls right. or does something. I see his Thanks, post. Man. But um, two questions. Number okay. one, what closing remarks would you like to leave our listeners with as they continue on their own entrepreneurial journey? And number two, how can we support you on accomplishing that BHAG as a community? Because we got veterans tuning in from all over the country, all over the world, veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. Yeah. This is your tribe. Okay. Parting words and thoughts to share. I mean, we covered a, we covered a bunch of ground today, but I, I will, I will go to the like crucial, like real hard truth kind of stuff of it's tough. And I know everyone puts up their armor and tries to, tries to be Mr. or Miss, you know, invincible. Um, call, call a friend when you're struggling, uh, or call a friend who you suspect is struggling. Uh, you know, when, if they, if they go quiet, uh, something's going on and, and just ch check in, check in on your friends. I, I, I think that's the only way we'll all survive, uh, any of this craziness. And how can you guys help me? Um, 
I, when when you see some random project uh, with my name on it, and you think, what the <laughs> what the hell is this? Like it's it's just a thing. That's right. It is just a thing to make you smile, and it I, it would be an honor for you to share it with your friends and and have them smile. So that's that's what I can ask for. Is if you see something that I'm working on that can bring a smile to somebody else, please please share it and spread that spread that around. My brother, always a pleasure to chop it up with you. I appreciate you sharing your words of wisdom and being vulnerable with our audience. If you guys want to reach out to Mike, you got to go through me. He's a busy man. <laughs> We need to let him recover for a little bit. You know, he's ran the entrepreneur gambit. He's been in the arena, but man, we're so lucky to have you in this uh, Bunker Lab ecosystem. Yeah. Um, So uh, for everyone that's tuning in, make sure you subscribe to the transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you want me to cover on the show in the newsletter, drop me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.